0: Welcome, this is Cascade Church Portland's podcast. We exist to invite all people to join us as we follow Jesus together in bringing heaven to earth. Welcome, you guys. My name is Connie Baker, and I am just happy to be here today. We are starting a series here at Cascade that uh, is going to concentrate on power dynamics, all right. So what's that? Well, you're going to have to wait. This is going to unfold. We'll talk about it. Um, it is a really exciting series, and uh, I get to be able to kick it off today, so we'll see how, see how that goes. Kurt is not here today, and this will likely be the last time he ever lets me preach without him being present, but we're going to go there. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to. Uh, all right. I'm going to tell you three stories quick little stories about me. And I want you to catch some themes here. I want you to catch some, uh, yeah, the theme of what's running through these three stories. First story, when I had cancer, I walked into the surgeon's office and this was like my second or third time in and they'd looked at my thyroid cancer and he looked at me and said, we're going to need to open you up from here all the way up to your other ear. That was not good news for me. And I teared up and I felt shell shocked. And he said, Yeah, there's problems sometimes with swelling and inflammation, and it can get kind of dicey. And we don't like to do it here to here, but your cancer has gone sideways. And so, well, we didn't end up doing that. Um, but it was only from here to here. I didn't, they didn't go clear up to the other side. But I walked out of that office shaken and uh, in tears. Story number two. I was a, uh, while I was in graduate school, I had to go through training as a therapist. And I had a clinical supervisor. It was my first location probably not more than a couple months in. And it was scary. You guys, it's scary that first time you sit in front of a client. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to help here. And I had this uh, this young man, about 14 years old, and, and he was telling his story. This was several times in. He said, yeah, I took a kid and shoved him up against the wall and put my hand over his neck and choked him a little bit. And I'm like, hmm, that's intense. Well, I didn't bother to tell my clinical supervisor about this uh, until about four weeks later when he was looking over my notes. And he said, what happened here? And as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh no, I needed to tell him that. And he goes, Connie, why didn't you tell me? This is absolutely essential. He went on and I start tearing up. And I mean, it takes a lot for me to tear up and especially in that kind of a professional situation. But I was like, I know I shouldn't have done it. Okay. There's that. By the way, that story ended fine. It was okay. But there was that. Number three, I, uh, it was a very extremely rainy November day. I was in the car, like one of these downpour sort of days and I was trucking along and all of a sudden there's policeman uh, lights behind me. I'm like, it's not for me. I wasn't going over the speed limit. I'm fine. Why is he still behind me? And I pull over, he pulls over. I'm like, what? Like, no, roll down my window. You know, rain's just blowing in. He's like, "Can I see your license?" I'm like, "Yeah." Gave it to him. He's like, um, "Do you uh, do you know that your tags are past due?" I'm like, "No, no, I didn't." And he said, "Can I please see your insurance?" And I'm looking all over the car for my insurance. By now, I'm like, huh, huh, you know, getting really shaken up, and I can't find my insurance, and I start crying. Okay, besides the fact I cry all the time seemingly from these three stories, what, is, what do you see as the theme? Do you guys feel a theme in here of who I'm interacting with and what's, what's going on? All right, catching it? Anybody want to take a guess? Pardon me? Authority figures, exactly, thank you. Power differential. There was a power differential in every single one of those stories. And I really don't cry that much, okay? Um, But each of those had a real jolt for me. Interpersonal power dynamics. Interpersonal uh, power differential is what we're going to look at today. I want to step back for a minute and define power. I went to good old Merriam-Webster and found power definitions here. Are you guys able to see this up here? Is it blocking the screen up there? Are you able to see Okay, good, all right. Um, Power definition, let's look at this real quickly. Ability to act or produce an effect. Oh, that's pretty cool, that's pretty straightforward. Number two, possession of control, authority, or influence over others. Okay, there's that. That is the interpersonal end. Feel that interpersonal there? Three, controlling group or establishment often used in the phrase, the powers that be. This is systemic. This is a system that has power. This isn't just individual power dynamics, this is systemic. So, there's two types of power. You guys are going to get a snoot full of this over the next few weeks. So, I'm just going to do a quick overview because I know uh, that Harriet and Leroy and uh, Kurt are all going to be coming back to this and the others who preach. So, let's whip through this real quick. There's two types of power. One of it is interpersonal, and this is the one I'm going to pick up on today and run with. Possession of or control or authority of influence over others. This happens in all kinds of interpersonal interactions. Marriage, family, friendships, the workplace, churches, social settings. You name it. This is not a comprehensive list. This is just a where do you actually meet and talk to people? Where do you actually interact with another human being? All right? Systemic. Is again back to the definition: a controlling group or establishment, the powers that be, and this can come up in religious uh, uh, context. Some of you guys were here to hear my uh, sermon on uh, religious abuse, and that's part of what I was referencing. There is a systemic issue in religious contexts where where the rules are all the same, and you got to kind of abide by the rules. So then you've got these in educational, financial institutions. You've got it within cultural and cross-cultural or intercultural uh, interactions. It's political and legal. You name a domain, you're going to have a system of power. I mean, I'm thinking, I used a medical one where my doctor was, you know, I gave him ultimate power. I laid on that table under anesthesia and he cut my neck. (laughs) You know, that's pretty ultimate giving away of power. Appropriate. And he did a fantastic job. And all of these, (laughs) except for my supervisor, who was a bit harsh, uh, all of them utilized their power very uh, uh, appropriately. That's the position they were in. Power in and of itself is not bad. I want you guys to hear this really carefully. Power in and of itself is neutral. It can be used for beautiful, positive things, and it can be used destructively. So when we're talking about power, let's not get squeamish and just put it all in a, "ah, that's bad. I'm really glad my doctor had that power. He had knowledge, and knowledge is power, and he knew what he was doing, and he helped me. It wasn't fun, but he helped me. It saved my life. All right, so we're going to t- discuss the first part, the interpersonal power today. Because I'm a therapist, of course, I'm going to grab this and run with it. It's what I see in my office every day. It's what I help people sort through. It's part of the story of my life of how do I deal with interpersonal power. The next Sundays will address a bit more of the systemic end. I'm going to assume a few things. I'm going to assume today, here, that the reason you want to listen to this sermon is because, one, we want to have happy relationships. I'm going to make some assumptions here. Anybody here doesn't want to have happy relationships? Anybody? Okay. Uh, We want healthy relationships. We want fulfilling community. Oh, man. How many of you have gone without fulfilling community for significant amounts of time? I have. Oh, it's hard and it's painful. I also believe we want mutuality. We want mutuality. We, and we do not want to intentionally hurt other people. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands if you really do want to do that. So we're going to assume that you do not want to hurt other people. And we don't want to be hurt by others. These are some overarching reasons. I really dug deep to say, why? Why does this matter? Why do interpersonal dynamics matter? And why do they matter in the church? Why do they matter on a spiritual level? We're going to be unpacking that for several weeks. But I really feel these are some of the summary reasons why we need to listen to these ideas of interpersonal power. It's not something I hear talked about a lot uh, in just basic conversations in a a relationship. When I'm talking with another human, who has more power and how? And in which ways? And which ways might it be mixed? I mean, okay, this is not generally chat in the four years sort of talk, right? But I think it's super essential Um, I'm just going to give a disclaimer today. I really struggled with this because I'm not going to use a lot of spiritual language, a lot of religious language. I'm not going to even use a lot of scripture today. Uh, There's one passage. Actually, I had to ditch about four of them. If I could go an hour, I had four passages that were amazing. You don't want me to go an hour. And they downstairs don't want me to. So... (laughs) Yeah, they, they would not look kindly on that. The children would start filtering in. Um, so I I'm, I'm, I'm really agonized with what to cut and what to keep. I, want, I know enough of you dear people out there to know that you got a good brain and a good heart. I want you to take what I'm talking about today and ask yourself, why does this matter spiritually? And we're going to get there through the series, and we're going to get there a bit today, but I want you to start making connections. Connie's going to go all psychological on us here for a while. I want you to say, how does this impact me spiritually? How does it impact my relationship spiritually? You with me on that? So I'm going I'm to let some implied stuff just drop with you here, and I'm going to go, I'm going teacher on you here for a bit. All right? I, I do a whole lot more teaching in life than preaching, and so I'm going to take my old school whiteboard here. Hopefully you guys can see this. And I want to write out some stuff that that will set a paradigm and a a grid through which we can look at power dynamics quite simply. All right. Back in the 1950s, Eric Byrne came up with the overarching uh, idea of Transactional analysis, and this was in the psychological realm. He was Freudian, um, and he was trying to still get to how do we interact with other people. And he came up, and then in the 60s and 70s, he wrote a few best selling books that brought this down to a very layperson's uh, uh, graspable idea. And it's pretty simple. And so, let's work with this here. Every person, his, his theory says, every person has three states. You've got, and these are supposed to be similar. Um, is Scott here today? Okay, I don't want him to feel competitive. My artwork is amazing here. So, you know, this is, and this will, this will be auctioned as well. So, just hold on. Yeah, thank you, I know. Just keep it between us. He does not need to know, all right. So we've got, we've got a parent, an adult, and a child part here. Okay. All of us have these three parts. Quick description: the parental part, caregiving, nurturing, uh, caretaker. How are you doing? Uh, moralistic, judgmental, uh, controlling. None of these parts are good or bad in and of themselves. They just are. All of us have a little bit of these parts. Some of us have really bigger circles in some areas than others. Child, carefree, fun, fun-loving, uh, colorful, manipulative, demanding, compliant, rebellious, all the good old uh, instant gratification. All of these parts of the little kid we have in us, right? I know some of you have grown up and you never have that little kid part anymore all right then we've got the adult part the adult part steps back and says, "Who am I? What do I want? What do I need? How do I feel? what is my reality? what is reality based this part's real grounded in what's real and it has a has a good developed sense of self all right and by the way I've mod- I've modified some Eric burns language i've taken this. He, he built this, but I've tweaked it. So I don't want to blame him for what I'm saying here. Um, so then, okay. So these three parts, you guys tracking on this? All of us have these three parts. Can you touch base a little bit with each of these three parts in you? Okay. Now here's where it gets super fun is other people have these same parts, right? So if this is me, And this is the other person. There are three ways that we can consistently interact. The other ways of interacting between these are not sustainable. Eventually, if if we keep relating with someone, it's going to be in one of three ways. It's going to be from the parent to the child, the adult to the adult, or the child to the parent. Okay, so I, the, my three uh, illustrations with my doctor, supervisor, and policeman, I was down here and I was relating up here to an authority figure, all right? A, a per, someone who had authority or po- more power than I did or I, who I had given power to. Tracking on that? Okay, with, with this paradigm... We're gonna be working from three ideas. Number one, you have power over others. All right, that's one of the ideas. Number two, others have power over you and balance of power is the goal. Do we got that slide? Do we have that slide going? Okay, great. All right, so you have power over others. Others have power over you and balance of power is the goal. All right, do you see where this is hitting already? All of us have, all of us play the parent in certain situations. We have more power than another human being. Who of your parents out there? Yeah, got more power, all right? You just do, that's just the nature of it. Uh, and then we all, others have power over me down here in the child. And balance of power is that ultimate goal. There is a place, appropriately, I hope you heard in my, in my three stories, there's an appropriate place for imbalance of power. It was, all three of those were very appropriately imbalanced. But each of those people, my doctor, he have balanced power and say, you need to get educated. Ooh, reality. Educate yourself on what the risks are. Here's some information. That was him balancing power. He didn't withhold information and say, I got to do this to you, but you don't need to know what it's about. That's a power grab. And he said, no, let's get you in that adult place. Here's your information. Do you want the surgery? So see how that happens? My supervisor didn't do a great job of balancing power on that one. Um, but the policeman was kind of, in fact, he was super kind to me. He's standing out there getting drenched while I'm sitting there, you know, crying. Um, but he was, you know, he said, okay, let's, how can we work this out? You know, you need to make a phone call. And it was a, it was a fiasco without my card, my insurance card. So all this came down and these people who had power helped balance power. That's the goal. All right, let's look at the first one. In some types of human interactions, you have power over others, all right? So that's the big first point we're looking at. And this is really hard for us to wrap our heads around sometimes. I will say that the vast majority of the time, when we have more power than another person, we are not aware of it, and we do not experience it that way. When I sit in my therapy office working, uh, a client comes in, and I just like my clients, and my clients come in, and I'm like, oh, inside my head, I'm thinking, I wonder what's gone on with them since I saw them last. Looking forward to hearing the story, seeing what can happen, and how they're doing, how they're progressing. This is going to be awesome. I just look forward to connecting with them. That's really my stance. I have been a client many times in my life going to a therapist. (laughs) That's not my stance. My stance is, oh my gosh, I wonder what they're seeing. Oh my gosh, I feel emotionally naked. Oh wow, I can't believe I'm putting all this stuff out there. I wonder if they think I'm really stupid. You know, okay, so feel this imbalance of power here. And there's reasons why, as a therapist, we take four hours of legal and ethical issues in our training and have to continue doing continuing ed and ethics, our whole career is to remind ourselves of the imbalance of power and how it could hurt our client. And I use that as a metaphor because a lot of times we, when we are in a position of power, we don't really feel it. We're like, no, 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 I don't got power. I'm I'm just showing up as a human. This is just human to human here. Ask the person with less power. That's not their perspective. And that is a super important point. If you could take away nothing else today, that's a big one. If you even wonder, I bet you I might have a little more power in this relationship, you probably do. And that carries with it some weight. All right. I want you guys to take a deep breath. Because I'm... (laughs) Kurt, Kurt and I were talking about this next section, and he says, man, this is a tough one. Connie, I'm wondering whether we should just kind of soften it and go in the side door, you know, just kind of be more gentle about it. He goes, man, no, I don't think so. Let's just go. So (laughs) I'm like, yeah, because that's not really my style. Let's go through the front door. I want you guys to take a deep breath here. Can you do it with me? (sighs) Because this can make people Defensive. As I read this list to uh, to Kurt, he says, I'm feeling defensive. I'm like, I know, right? If you, here's the thing, you have more power than someone else if you fit in the significant majority in any given situation. So I'm gonna fly through these. Are there exceptions to these? Of course. Do these all mix together to create interpersonal dynamics? Absolutely, but I still wanna go through this list. If you are white, if you are male, If you are Christian, if you are straight, if you are cisgender, by the way, that word, I'm just gonna say, I just learned within the last year or two. That means you're happy being, for me, I'm cisgender, I'm a woman, I'm happy being a woman, don't make any plans to change. I'm in the norm, I'm in the significant majority with that. Other people aren't. Physically and mentally able, opposite of disabilities. Employed, average size, I could elaborate on all these, but I think you guys are catching these, right? Uh, socio uh, Level of socioeconomic class, level of education, access to medical care, the right age for what you want to do in life, for your life ventures, and any number of other factors. Now, we're going to come back to some of these. Uh, In fact, a couple of these are going to have a whole sermon on them, all right, because they're big, big deals. But if you qualify for any of those in that category, you're in the significant majority. And that's not to put a bunch of guilt and shame and all this stuff on you. It's to say you have power whether you want it or not. And the more of those you have, the more power you have. The more that you fit those, the higher your level of interpersonal power. Okay. You guys okay? Do we need to take another deep breath? Take it in. I know you guys, for one thing, I love the fact that Leroy comes in here and, you know, kind of kicks our butts and stuff sometimes on this stuff. And he's going to, again, it'll be awesome. And it's good. It's good for us to remember some of this. All right. What I want to look at now, here are some... We've, well, we've just looked at the significant majority, but let's say you're all equivalent in those. Let's talk. Let's say I'm talking to another woman who's just about like me in every area. There still it could be power dynamics. What are the personalities like? What are even if we were absolutely equivalent in every other way? What are the personalities like? That you know, what other things can come in to to imbalance power? That's fine but what do we want to do with it? All right, so first, remember, when I have power, we're looking at you have power over others in this category. When you have power, what do you want to do with it? I'm going to suggest four things. First two, not helpful. Second two, helpful, all right? Not helpful, deny it. That, I think, is a reflex reaction for us, Just deny, oh, it's not that big a deal. I mean, I don't have that power. It's not a, you know, we get a bit embarrassed about it. We're uncomfortable with admitting it to ourselves. And we feel guilty sometimes for having it. Anybody with me on that? Anybody? Anybody feel that way sometimes when you think, that person's, (coughs) excuse me, given me a tremendous amount of power. No, it's fine. I don't have that power. Yeah, you do. They kind of gave it to you, and the other thing we can do is just minimize it. Well, it's not that big a deal. I'm really great grateful that that policeman did not minimize his power when he pulled me over. I was already unraveling. By the way, that was actually the same month as I was having, getting ready for my big surgery, as I recall. It's part of why I unravelled, and he he came in, and he didn't deny his power. He utilized it well. He was it was clear that I was not doing well. He he did a great job of neutralizing that and balancing it. But we, if we pretend like we don't have it, it's not going to work well. Number two, we can grab for more. We can use it to gain power over others. Now, sometimes this just looks... Uh, this looks blatant, you're like, whoa, that was a power play on that person's part. All right, we can take this, grab for more power, and do a power play. And usually this is to keep ourselves safe, right? This is usually somehow to say, I got to have power so I can keep myself safe. I want to also propose that when we pop up here, when we pop up here to the parent... It can also look, especially in the church, like caregiving, nurturing, not bad things. I'm going to pick on the church for a minute. It's what I do. We, the church, deeply encourages this and this type of relationship super consistently. Here, you need to be ministering to others. You need to be taking care of others. You need to be uh, positioning yourself to tell them the truth, to speak into their life, to to do these things. This is very encouraged. This is also encouraged. Be teachable, listen, be open, don't question. Just accept. All right, you see those two? Am I the only, is those the, the only churches I've gone to? Okay, just checking. Um, and so with this, grab for more power, it can look really good. But when you're nurturing and caregiving up here consistently, you're totally not vulnerable. You're not in a, you are in a protected place. They're the ones that are needy. I'm not. I'll give to you. Do you guys get that? Are you tracking with that? Because I've got to tell you right now, I'm a therapist. Which one of these circles do you think is bigger? I mean... I got this massive, you know, huge parental circle. So I'm preaching to the choir here. It's preaching right to me. Vulnerability is this, is good adult-adult mutuality and exchange. All right. Helpful. When I have power, what can I do with it? Helpful things, number one, acknowledge it and be aware of its impact on people with less power. Guys hearing a theme here? Okay, work with me. And then also to strive for the balance of power. That's number four. We need to strive for balance. How can I give away, less, give away more power here when I'm in that parental position? And even if it's appropriate that I might be being taken care of, taking care of another person, how can I let them go, I know you can do this. How can I communicate to them, you're a grown adult and I have full confidence you can do that rather than jumping in and rescuing. Not that I've ever done that. Okay. (sighs) Let's move on. Uh, In some types of human interactions, others are going to have power over you. You're gonna be down in this position. Okay? This one, I think, is easier for us to understand and feel its experience. Do you guys, are you, do you think so? I mean, I'm kind of going with my gut on this, but I think when we are inter- interacting with someone who we're feeling a little taken aback by uh, or feeling a little overpowered or like, whoa, they've got way more authority than me, I'm generally much more aware of that than I am if I'm carrying the power. Okay, see some nods out there. This can be either systems or people. When we're down here with less, with less, this could be a system up here, like the policeman who has the whole legal system behind him. It's the same demographics as we just went through, just reverse them, okay? Demographics still play into this. <laughs> I just got it. Uh, when... <laughs> When my husband was on staff at a, at a good-sized church in Southern Oregon many years ago, I was younger, uh, by probably a good 20 years, and I was much nicer. <laughs> uh, I was sweeter. I wanted people to like me more. And we would sit in meetings with, with people, like deciding something in the church. And I, they would say, what should we do about this? And I'd say, hmm, I think we should do X. X. And they'd go, oh, interesting idea. That's great. Let's keep talking about this. So they'd go talk, and the conversation would go all over the place. And my husband would sit back in his deep, authoritative voice. You get to listen to him preach in a few Sundays. In his deep, authoritative voice and say, after all the discussion, it would seem that we need to do X. Exactly the same thing I said. Exactly the same thing. And you know what happened? they go, Oh, JR, that is great. <laughs> yes. Yes, thank you. That just brings it all together. Thank you. That is wonderful. You know, and I'm sitting there going. <sighs> because part of it was woman. Part of it was absolutely no doubt in my mind gender. That was the primary issue there. Is, yeah, Connie, pat, pat head. That was great. Whatever. JR says it in his deep, authoritative voice. We were talking about this last night, and he said, the funny thing is, I don't remember those. Bingo! He didn't even know it was happening. And he's pretty insightful. He's pretty astute. And actually defensive of me from time to time. You know, but it it was just, it, it it was a cultural norm. And so when we're down here, We feel it more. Boy, I did in those meetings. I was like, I can't believe this is happening again. (laughs) Are you kidding me? All right. So what we want to do, I'm just going to get through these really quick. Um, When we have, do you guys see how much I could do this just for an hour? Just keep keep working this. But we're going to go through quick. What do we do when others have power over us? Number one, we can deny it. Uh, This will likely get us hurt. We need to be aware of it. We need we need awareness. Number two, we can give more power away. I think, why the heck would you do that, Connie? Oh, I used to do it. One, I wanted people to like me. And if I come down here into this compliant child, I, I was so good at scanning. What do you need from me? What do you want me to be? What, oh, I'll be that. I can be that. I could be that too. I'm all that. You you need that? I'm there that is the compliant child. Please like me, all right? I lived there a lot of decades. And I still do sometimes, let's be real, but uh, not quite as much. Um, And then the other thing, you give power away, more power away so others won't feel threatened. Part of why I didn't stand up when I was in my mid-30s and go, I said that at the beginning of the meeting (laughs) was because I didn't want to Come into my full presence. Okay, that was a little snotty. I probably wouldn't have said that. But I didn't want to come up and have other people feel intimidated or threatened by me because then they wouldn't like me. What if I was just showing up and being me in this adult place? Not powering up to to power over, but just being who I was and defining myself. All right. So those are unhelpful ways when others have power over you. Acknowledge. Okay, helpful. Acknowledge and evaluate it. Look at it. Oh, I have less power. That's interesting. wonder what I want to do about that. And a lot of times in human interaction, it's just a matter of me saying, you know what? I don't like that posture I'm taking right here. I'm moving up there. Now, interestingly, if this person really likes being up here in a place of authority, they're not necessarily going to take kindly to me defining myself and staying in that adult play move. Here's where I'm, you can be where you are, this is where I am. So it can cause friction when we move, but this is part of what needs to happen for each of us when we're in these positions. How much, even if we're in a, in a uh, parental position or a child position, how much can we move toward that balance of power? And so the last one is strive for balance of power, move toward that adult state. All right, let's look. Now we're looking at the goal is to balance power. What I know is that when power starts to get balanced, the person with more power will start feeling uh, powerless. It will feel like less power. The person with less power, when it starts balancing, will start feeling like equality. There again, see those differences, those distinctions? It's not gonna feel like equality from both ends. If I've carried p- power my whole life, being you know white, straight, whatever the demographics, middle class, if I have done that my whole life, and all of a sudden I lose that power, it's gonna feel threatening and like I'm losing power. Whereas if the p- scales are actually being balanced, somebody with less power is gonna feel like, oh, now this is equality. It's crazy how our minds work i just got to say one thing. I wasn't even going to bring this in. Uh, my guess is Kurt will end up referring to this, but there's an article out uh, that he showed me that was just phenomenal, and it equates power. They did a scientific research on a wide number of people where they brought them into this uh, clinical-type uh, regulated situation and gave these people some type of power. And do you know what? They were gauging it with Empathy. So we had, a, we had a set of people who were given power, a set of people who, whose power was low or taken away. Marked differences in empathy, the ability to read and understand the other's perspective. The one with power had little to no Empathy. That to me is mind-blowing. It means in any type of given situation where we have power, our empathy drops. My empathy has dropped toward you because I'm standing up here preaching today. That bums me out. But there's some reality to it. There is reality to it. The implications are huge. All right, let's keep going. I want to wrap this up because I want to look at how this one little teeny story about Jesus It is just so rich, it is so full and packed, and we're gonna keep opening up the life of Jesus uh, over these next weeks to say, how did he deal with power? Jesus has just uh, ridden in triumphal entry. He's coming in on a donkey of all things, riding in. The crowds are going crazy, it's a parade. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is like his pinnacle of popularity. It's, it is the crest. He's just coming in, and the masses are, yes, he's our man. Next verse, right after this, he's coming into Jerusalem. He goes to the temple. In Matthew 21, verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts. What did he do? <laughs> drove out physically, pushing out people. Drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. He never took courses in nonviolent communication. Okay. So he's, he is turning stuff over and just, it's going crazy. He is, he is slamming the religious establishment that, that has consolidated power. He's coming against that establishment. It is written, he says to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. This is something I never saw. Next verse, right there. He's still in the temple. Tables are overturned. He's just slammed the establishment, made enemies. He was just being hailed as, you know, this great savior. And now he is going head to head with the establishment and the establishment does not want him, does not like him. They are mad. Who does he turn his attention to? Right there in that same space, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. I don't know, if I'd have just seen somebody coming, <laughs> overturning tables, I might have been like, oh, I think I'll just step away. There was something about the blind and the lame. They knew, those with no power said, he's safe. He's okay. I can move toward him. He's not happy with the establishment that keeps oppressing me. I just love, isn't that a beautiful dyad right there in terms of Jesus and power? I want to encourage you. I spent spent a lot of time in the gospels getting ready, you'd never know it, getting ready for this sermon. Um, And looking through them again through the lens of power dynamics is profound. I encourage you guys, you don't have to do a bunch of reading. Skim through. You guys know a lot of the stories. Skim through and go, oh, I, I did it with my hobby. I go, oh, power dynamic there. That story, power dynamic there. It is amazing how Jesus consistently deals with it. Okay. I think that's all I'm going to say on that. I would like you guys to take a deep breath and stand up with me for the benediction. I'd like to use this benediction as our final prayer as we dismiss today. In our daily use of power, may we cultivate happy and healthy relationships. In our daily use of power, may we cultivate mutuality, and fulfilling community. In our daily use of power, may we not intentionally hurt other people and may we not be hurt by others. And most of all, as we use the power given us in our interactions with others, may we be more like Jesus. You're dismissed. See you next week.